This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome to the Ajima Show, your only queer Korean podcast hosted by Peter Kim and Bunji Kim. Yes, welcome back to the show. Um, we've had a um, we've had a weird week. I want to just get <laughs> yeah. that. I want to get. I just want to start the pod mm-hmm. by first acknowledging how much um, I love our listeners. Yes. Our fans. Love. Our stands. I love We them. love you. But I feel fucking attacked. <laughs> All right? And I've, no, you know I've never ma- felt more seen. Okay? <laughs> you are your invalidation station, my, my friend. You are living it up, riding high on a pedestal. This is we're talking about last week. When Shout Unji out to my eggheads. Okay, let's not. We don't need to start that. We don't need to start a whole subgroup. <laughs> we. I made a comment. Okay, that's an understatement. One comment. I, okay. I absolutely um, judged and uh, you know came for Unji for eating he dragged, dragged her through the mud. Um. For eating three hard-boiled eggs in a row, I thought that was simply disgusting. To uh, a admit and to just do as a mother of a child, <laughs> and there. And then after the podcast came out, we've had we've had a bunch of people come out on the comments on the Insta comments, uh, defending Unji. Yeah, pro egg. Pro egg. <laughs> Telling us all the different ways y'all have been eating um, uh, hard-boiled eggs. Yes. Chalky. And I feel, I feel personally attacked <laughs> that our, fa- our fans are turning on me. <laughs> <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the amount of fellow um, delinquents out there. <laughs> Fellow eggship, fellow eggship. Yeah, it was beautiful to see. I've never felt so validated. I also always thought thought it was weird. But yeah, I just, to see my fellow eggheads in the comments, reaching out to me in solidarity, assuring me that it was cool. Nay, not just cool, but amazing. (laughs) Too far. That's too far. Amazing. <laughs> they said it was eating amazing. three hard boiled no, eggs. No, they said they at, encouraged in me sitting. to eat even more. And Yuck. guess what? That same day, did I not text you later and said I had another hard boiled egg Yuck. for dinner? I threw up. I'm gonna throw up. That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't. You know what? Fine. We're split. We're split. Uh, the fan. There are no fans that came out. By the way, defending me. No. Or my point of view. <laughs> and absolutely demonizing this behavior. No one. Came out and defended me. Droves of people came out to defend Unji. So now I know why y'all listen to this episode. For Unji. For Unji Kim and only Unji Kim. I see you. I hear you. And I, I see and hear you as well. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. Anyway, that, it's you good. know, it ruined my week. It ruined my week. Not only to know that that many people stand against me, but also that they stood for you. <laughs> 
that really hurt my feelings. I mean, eggs are eggs. Eggs are. You keep saying eggs as if you're frying them or you're scrambling them. You know what I mean? Like what normal people do. Like you're talking about hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, that's the purest egg. That's the purest form of egg. That is not the purest egg. How? Why? Why is that the purest egg? Because it has no heat. Um, no, it has heat applied. Yeah, but it's that. It, it's including the shell. We haven't discarded the shell. It is a part oh. of the cooking process. No, you part discard of it. the shell before you eat it. Yeah, but I mean, aside from that, it's been cooked inside of it. The yolk is intact. Like uh, over easy poach. Like it's you're disrupting the actual. I, I I like all those forms of eggs. I like egg. Like kedanjim is like one of my favorite things. But yeah, I don't disagree with liking eggs. I yeah. love eggs. That's like saying you like chocolate, but you don't like cocaine. It's from the same plant. <laughs> you are... <laughs> you are analogizing <laughs> hard-boiled eggs. Not even soft-boiled. Hard-boiled eggs to cocaine. Man. Purest form. I must be living in a fucked-up world. I must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was 420. Oh How was gosh. your 420? Did you enjoy? Did you partake? Um, no, but I did have a lot of magnesium gummies, which is something I've been taking to, oh, that's nice. <laughs> to help alleviate my anxiety. If I take, okay. if I do, if I smoke weed, I like, I feel like hungover the next day. Um, mm. I feel like goofy. I don't know. I like edibles a little more, but I still feel goofy the next day. Okay. It's like too much yeah. of a commitment time wise for me. Like if I could, you know what I mean? If I could like just, if for you sure. Can't, you don't have that much time to relax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if I could be guaranteed, like it'll put me to sleep and I'll wake up and like feel bushy tailed. Like I would 100% do it all the time. But there's yeah, no guarantee. I do feel groggy yeah, every morning. I, yeah. I don't feel bushy tailed. Yeah. I, I haven't felt bushy tailed since I was six years old. Yeah. <laughs> That was a squirrel in my school play. <laughs> I just like yeah. There's just I like these magnesium gummies. I would highly recommend. There's like something called like okay. it's like uh, called Calm or something. And they're you can you have to eat four of them, which feels <laughs> I like that. I yeah, like that, I, you know what it is. That's what, that's the reason why I like hard boiled eggs too. I like feeling my mouth like be stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> like I like. Turn this off if your children are listening. <laughs> this like podcast has gone from like thoughtful and insightful to just ratchet and pornographic. No, but I like you know what I like? I like the feeling of my mouth getting stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me in my 20s in Europe. <laughs> oh my God, was my mouth stuffed? I, I, I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, it's I, I do. I like that feeling of like just, you know, overeating. You know, when you like sometimes when something is really good, you just fill your mouth with it. Like that feeling. Yeah. Like that's the same thing with the gummies. I can just like stuff them one after another. And then I'll yeah. just like chew it in my mouth. And you're just really But full. you don't enjoy fellatio. No, I hate it. Yeah. I love it. And that's Ugh. that feeling of a stuffed mouth. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the reason why like at, at one point I did. But like, I don't, you know, you yeah. gotta, but, you, you know. You don't care I, for it anymore. I mean, I've, I've sucked a lot of dicks. I mean, I'm not saying. How many dicks would you say just ballpark? An entire ballpark? No. I would say like, you know. In the mid hundreds? <laughs> no. 
I'd say like in the in the by approaching twenty ish twenties in the twenties. Twenty dicks. That's nothing. Yeah. You you go through twenty dicks in middle school. <laughs> I got a late start and I ended early. <laughs> oh my god, me too. Yeah, actually, I, started, I that's we're very similar in that way. Yeah, I had a late start too. Yeah, late but start when I started, I went crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I I mean, also just like honestly, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I think in a heterosexual sort of like at that time, you know, it's. It's not a, a lot of dicks do. wanted to be sucked by this mouth. Like, it's just like, it was a, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you mean? I, I didn't, you know, cause it's like, I'm this like, it's a thing of scarcity and proximity. And like, you know, I, I just never, you mean when you were young or when you were like going at it, even when I was going at it, it was never like, there's only like, it wasn't that many dicks. Well, yeah. I guess it's different too. Yeah. You're right. Heterosexual. And you're a woman. And, and also at the time, like Asian for... women were not like it was not. I was like I was a little pre like people being into you know there, in every yes, single room right, there'd be like right. one guy that would be into it into an Asian yeah, in, yeah. That, uh, yeah that's my experience in the gay community yes too. so just it's like, like and so, then it's always fetishized yes and so then and I have to be like, down with uh, that too so there's just like yeah. like you know and you have to compartmentalize being a fetish yes. for a second and it's, but you're like I just want to fuck yes yeah, yeah you know what I mean like a, oh, why not I'm drunk enough he's drunk enough this is all gonna yeah. it's kind of all lining up in terms of feeling safe yeah Exactly. So okay. there's Let so me many put things. On this rice hat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta pick a few fields of rice and yeah. then you go straight to chopsticks in my butt. Yes. You just got chopsticks in my hair, hair. chopsticks yeah. in my pussy, chopsticks <laughs> in my butt, chopsticks, chopsticks <laughs> everywhere. But then once you get and then if you're okay with all that, and then you know it's just like so many things had to align. Yeah. I think I feel you. Yeah. So I like I just never had that much. I mean, like, yeah, I like, I hope. I guess that's a good uh, amount for a heterosexual woman, uh, or or heterosexual behavior, it at that time. Homosexual yes. behavior. Uh, that's why I'm like times ten, I think, f- from you. Yes. Just because that's just like proximity and um, ease of uh, and safety. Yes. Of being intimate with a strange penis. It's just yeah, much more exactly. quicker. Much quicker and much mm-hmm. safer. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. just not as. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So like it just yeah. was never a thing. And then. Okay. So yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So you had your thing. You had your time with it. And you're you're done. But, but also I was like, you know. You know, it being bisexual, like at the time, it's just like a different thing with. You know, not necessarily trying to get that many dicks in my mouth. It's right, got to be a special right, dick. Exactly. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like it's exactly. not. I'm not really trying to. That's not. I'm. I'm hungry to be stuffed. You know, by. Yeah, it's just. It's like my even ho, my hoe phase was very much like. It was not very long, but it was mm. fruitful. <laughs> I, I. You know. I would say that yeah. it, it bore a lot of fruit, yeah. and I mean, it's, and how about this? A lot of repeat customers. There you go. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so. That's nice. <laughs> she's, so like, good. she's sustainable. I'm sustainable. A lot, of, a lot of rinse and repeat. Repeat. So a lot of those 20 dicks, many of them were repeat. I wasn't, judging, I wasn't judging 20 as being little. I was judging 20 as being little. Um, 
compared to the way you said it. Like, oh, I sucked a lot of dicks. You know what I mean? Like, when you said that, I was like, oh, okay. We're talking about hundreds. <laughs> 20, I feel like, is like the Reasonable. appropriate amount. Yeah. Yes. Not that, you know, I'm not trying to slut shame, obviously. Who the fuck am I? But, you know, if someone, anyone of any gender who has sucked 200 dicks, there's something wrong with them. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking about myself. I would say... (laughs) I was looking for something. I was in search of something. Oh, and also, by the way, one of my favorite podcasts, it's called Horrible Decisions, Mm -hmm. uh, spelled W-H-O-R-E. Yeah. A bull decision. Horrible. Yes. <laughs> and it's two self-identified whores. Uh-huh. They're, they're hoes of the finest pedigree, self-identified. Uh-huh. Okay. And, you know, like they were, they like got flown out to fuck basketball players and shit. Like rapper, like this level oh, okay. of hoe. Oh, and I love that. I love. And yeah. I would say that they probably have sucked in that neighborhood of dicks. But also they are incredibly sex positive like yes they have lived this way about themselves and known that i would say that my coming to that sort of sexuality enlightenment is very new mm. you know like i can't imagine it being like now like gen z kids like being really aware and sexually enlightened yeah at 21 20 yeah yeah i would be insane but also <laughs> those kids don't actually have as much sex I don't think so. I think yeah. it's kind of like not even cool anymore. Yeah, you just jerk off next to each other on the same TikTok or something. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great to they, me. They I feel choreographed like I... a little jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I. you know, am I ashamed of my whole phase no do i think i was looking for something yes yes i, I would was. agree i desperately same. was same, same i desperately was looking for um a connection uh, uh you know uh i wanted to be uh i wanted to feel attractive yes i wanted to feel wanted yes and there was a lot of asian stuff going into that fat stuff going into that yes. gay gay fat asian stuff going yes. into that yes you know it was a lot and uh when i finally kind of like you know it's a phase right so like you go through it maybe not for these horrible whatever what is it horrible (laughs) Horrible decisions decisions. yeah yeah. you could be a hoe your whole life sure that's that's on you but like uh, you know for me personally i did the whole stage because i needed it first of all i needed to break down all the paradigms that i held for myself and others and also i needed to look at myself and through someone else's oh, 200 people's eyes. <laughs> 200, uh, 200 one eyes. One, one eyes, eye. One eyed monsters. <laughs> and <laughs> so that's actually 400 eyes. 400. 200 dicks. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I 100% agree. Like the yeah. feeling, my whole face was entirely tied to exactly what you're describing. Feeling yeah. needed to be accepted sexually. Yes. Because, yes. like, I feel like for me personally, I, I there's this, like, twin thing as an Asian woman. Like, you are both desexualized and hypersexualized uh, depending on the situation. 
Right. And and it's your ne- there's this like middle ground if you're trying to find a sense of self that you are unable to find, you know, because like what is love but truly seeing someone. Mm-hmm. Right? Seeing mm-hmm. someone in fr- the person in front of you. And when you're either being fetishized or desexualized at every single turn by the people that cannot see you and you're looking yeah. for acceptance from them. Like it's that's that's what spurs your wholeness. That's hard. Yeah. That's unfulfilling and um, kind of damaging to a certain yeah. extent. Like I would say there's a f- certain a phase in my wholeness where I was seeking out and engaging in dis- um, in risky and uh, self-hating <laughs> kind of like behavior Same. that was supposed to affirm the way that I felt bad about myself. The way that right. I was being treated was like an affirmation of how shitty I felt. And it's not until yeah. the latter phase of the wholeness where I was being, I was, you go through that crucible. You come out of the fire, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. you are, you know, you, you've burned away all that shit, hopefully. And you yeah. have like a handle on your sexuality. You have control yeah. over it. And I would say that it's sort of like kind of why we also got into comedy. It's like the same control over the situation. You're either you're viewed in a very specific way and you come out of it having control over the laugh. Why people mm-hmm. are looking at you the way that you are. And like I would again say the same um Self-destructive impulses led me to comedy. <laughs> Absolutely, same. <laughs> like, exactly the same. <laughs> but man, like it, it's fun though. It's fun if you're. you're it's fun. To, it's not boring. No, it's a lot of it's a lot of text messages. <laughs> it's a lot of gonorrhea. Um, a lot of scary moments. A lot of scary moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I came out of it with a lot of great stories. Yes. And, um, yeah, it, it's it, it was difficult being um, thinking of myself as a sexual creature because no one ever thought of me as sexual. Yes. I didn't see myself being sexualized. Um, I was actually desexualized constantly on Grindr um, in mass media everywhere, yeah. you know, and. Uh, and then, of course, the people, like I said, people who sexualize me, there was always that tinge. Yes. Of, and then, of course, when I'm there, there are other Asians, um, you know, there's not a lot of Asian and Asian hanging out in the gay community. It's like that one Asian in the group of white gays. Yes. You know, it's the same thing over and over yes. and over again. Um, and do, you think, do you think it's changed? In LA, has, it has changed. There's okay. like a Gaysian community, <clears throat> you know, gay Asian parties, and, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Um, but like on the apps and stuff like that, is there? Do you think it's gone down the prevalence of the no fats, no fams, no rice, no whatever? I, I'm hoping. I don't really know. I haven't been on the apps in years. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if I'll ever go back. I just don't have that sense of the need to be validated sexually anymore mm-hmm. um i like m- my sex with my partner yes um and it's a different type obviously because you're you know you're connecting as partners but it, yeah that randomness maybe it'll come back later you know but like right now it doesn't feel i don't have that itch i hope it never comes back god <laughs> <laughs> like as an older person yeah. that's like one of the big reliefs like that yeah compulsive like i miss 
the gaze and excitement of like a person across the room, like the excitement in your like that loin pull, like sort of like that biological draw. Mm. And then at least when you're young, the possibility that something might happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I miss that. But that's like something that you can still engage in. But I do not miss the the gaping need. <sighs> yeah. Like the just the thought of going over to a guy's house at like one in the morning <sighs> and awkwardly hooking up and then realizing that his bed is lopsided and I need to go running into their roommate naked uh, coming out in the light of day. I mean, and this like when I was telling up before Google maps was really big. So like just being in a part of the city, you're really unfamiliar with in heels, in heels at 7am staggering around and like trying to find a cab or being at a gay bar and you're just like kind of smiling at someone and then like, and then like oh maybe we'll see each other on the dance floor and then he's dancing with someone else and you get more drunk and then you bump into each other again it's just like and a whole night ruined then you're fucking horny and angry at a 7-Eleven like shoving taquitos in your mouth because you want your mouth stuffed (laughs) (laughs) do not miss that do not miss that (laughs) (laughs) like it is such a relief it's a relief real it's a what a relief to be in the position where I don't need to validate sexually from strangers. No, it's so I'm wonderful. almost at that point where I don't need to be validated um, comedically by strangers either. I'm almost Shut there. Up. I am. I got I got asked to do a show, so I'm doing that show yeah. I told you about, and I'm just thinking about it, and I'm just like, am I even excited about this? I don't know if I am. I have no like. You know that itch of like getting that laugh from that, you know, like killing that set. It's the same kind of like itch that's kind of disappearing of that, like, ooh, a hot guy and I might fuck tonight. You know, that like that itch is going away. Peter, you might be too self actualized to even do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe it's the drugs, but. I, that itch for like killing the set is going away. You know what had happened? Remember like a few, uh, no, a bunch of months back when I told you I did that one outside show. F- like Yes, and it was uh, awesome. November, yeah. And it was so awesome, but yes. there was no part of me that was like, oh, when's the next set? Yeah. That's that. Like, yeah, yes. Objectively, absolutely, it was an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. But that like addict thing yeah. of like, next more set one more another set another thing another you know that thing i don't have that which feels great i don't have that like that wind up of like needing to do the thing you know like maybe it's because i've i'm doing other things but sure you're experiencing experiencing success in a in a (laughs) honestly (laughs) <laughs> loftier and yes. less abusive way <laughs> and with money not free domestic beers <laughs> you know what i mean like this i think it's part of this like uh, not taking abuse thing is really making me not jones for the abuse of like sitting around and watching bad people and then going up and uh, doing the set and you know like uh, but people are leaving during my set you know like oh my god what the fuck 
<sighs> yeah. Okay. You know how Judd Apatow, mm-hmm. after he did all his stuff, yeah. he did a Netflix special? Yes. I want to do that. <laughs> like, I want to kill a 300-seat theater, but not have to sit around at 1230 at the comedy store to hopefully get six minutes in. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, it's, but I don't want it. I don't want to be at the comedy store begging for time. Yeah, I don't see I'm my, funny. I, I, yeah, I would not see myself wanting to do... Uh, you know what it is? I think you and I both agree here. We don't love um, the community, like like the hang thing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't like the um, hazing. Yeah, like the whole the like fraternity. Yes, thing. the fr- like you have to be I don't there. Care you gotta for do it. this. You gotta do the grind. There's this thing, and it's like, I think the reason why, it, you know, there there was recently this like talk inside of the. Um, community regarding something called like the grind and the hustle or something and I thought it reckoned and it was like very specifically about how the grind and the hustle is like very much it doesn't need to happen this way like you don't necessarily have to do comedy that way and people are like what the fuck yeah. are you talking about that's all comedy is it's a grind and it's a hustle and you gotta do there and you gotta be seven it's sets not. And it. it's not and that's the reason why comedy looks the way that it does it's because the people that can go to these right. sets five to seven times a week uh, and do whatever number of open mic. Sure. At the beginning, you do have to do a little bit of that in order to get good. It's just reps, right? Fine. It's basically saying only bullies can do comedy. Exactly. It's saying that rich, <laughs> your parents are going to pay for this. Yeah. And you're stay white up people. On white people. Like it's a it's self-selecting group. If you describe an ascent and getting good in this very prescribed yes. way. And it's the same thing that people say when men used to say when um, women were not reaching certain levels inside of corporate America because they were Mm -hmm. like, well, women choose to have children, children. And that's the reason why you can't be good at this job. (laughs) And fucking stupid. It's stupid. And it's like there was this conversation that um, Tig had on this podcast, Tig Notaro, about how when she was an EP on her show, like everyone, everyone went home at 530. Because Amazing. everyone went home because Tig had two two boys at home. She has a young family at the time, yeah. especially. And she was like, there's nothing that's that important that we couldn't yeah. get done. And if you're surrounded by competent people, you can do it. If you are staying late and I know people in writers rooms who have been there until two, three, four a.m. It's because it's a male EP or showrunner who has mm-hmm. a wife who stays at home and watches uh-huh. the kids and right. does the laundry and takes Can't care. Can't stand his family. Exactly. Yeah. And so he's doing this because he's, this is his job. This is his world. It's yeah, the only thing he does. Exactly. And it doesn't. You don't need to have it abusive. You yes. really, do. it's like the whole Scott Rooting thing that came out. And you, you heard about this, right? Like mm-hmm. um, the, the, the big Broadway producer, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And he was so infamous for being a tyrant and breaking an Apple computer screen on, uh, on his assistant's hand or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, you know, like we fucking uh, worship this monstrous behavior because it completely replicates patriarchy over yes. and over and over again. And we're so afraid to be like, oh, we don't like that because one day we just want to become these bullies yeah. and turn around and fucking bully. <laughs> someone else because we do we want to yeah. and we're like oh we want it hard so that we could turn around and treat someone else hard 
Like, yeah, and, 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 that's and somehow how validate. Every, all these people, yeah, validate it and justify it. And they always say this, like, oh, I had to go through this fucking get in line, you know, like fucking mm-hmm. suck it up, blah, blah. And it's like that that whole mentality is exactly why we are where we are with all of this, all of capitalism, all of yes. white supremacy. Anyway, I, I'm going on a fucking tirade, but at the end of the day, <laughs> it it, it infiltrates every single part of our lives. Yes. In especially stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. which is has been completely wrecked with... How often do we joke about, like, oh, the dregs of society do stand-up? Yeah. You know, like, it's true for a reason because it it creates this space for bad behavior and yes. it rewards bad behavior and over-drinking and, you know, f- abusing your mental health. How many people have to fucking die in comedy before we realize that the system is fucking it up. And, you know, like, we got to stop that. I mean, I was just talking to my husband about how, what you're describing where people are like, oh, well, I had to live through this. And I feel like at the beginning of 2016, I even had this attitude where like, well, this is the world. And I think in the last four to five years with the awakening and within the Me Too movement, I think the question is now being asked, which is so important, which is why is the world like this? Not not that this is just the world, how the world is, but it's why is the world like this? Should the world be like this? Shouldn't it be different? Shouldn't it be more like when we look at the environment, we the reason why so many DEI efforts have been so like like the people that wind up in it are so tokenized and unsuccessful is because we never ask what's wrong with the system that is not enabled organically for talent, talented people to rise. Mm -hmm. That's the question. Right. And, and I think we've gotten to it, which is that like the grind, this thing where like you have to be here and haze and in this way, it's just not conducive to like if you don't have rich parents and you can't live on twenty thousand dollars a year, like, you know, exactly. with help from and, your parents to get you a MacBook. Yeah, and that's and they repeat the same story over and over and over again. We idolize the same fucking false gods over and over and over again, especially in TV writing, comedy, especially. You know, we were Harvard Lampoon. Oh, my God, he went to Harvard. Who he went to Harvard? Oh, my God, he went to Harvard. Like, okay, who goes to Harvard? How do you get into Harvard? It's these, and then you create these, like, arbitrary um, gates that you have to uh, and hurdles that you have to jump through to be part of this, you know, uh, rarefied position. It's I I started taking this class, comedy writing class. I just wanted to check it out <clears throat> because um, you know I, I again like I have well, we were talking in the Patreon episode that uh, about student mind and I'm trying to get force myself into a student mind even though I am doing the TV writing. Yes, right you now. literally. <laughs> I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn. So, like, I'm taking this class in conjunction while writing and reading books. And, you know, whatever. Overall, it's, it's a fun class. But um, this teacher, nice guy, but he he's talks about part of his class is how to break in, quote, right? And his first thing is um, get a job at, uh, you, you know, uh, at CAA, UTA, WME as a get male a person job. and then, <laughs> yeah, as a male person and then get, um, and then figure out which showrunners are hiring writer's assistants and then get on that list and blah, blah. So it's a lot of this get in line, right? Instead of be authentically yourself and do the work. So, you know, you should be doing that in any way, but 
And and he, he goes, you know, uh, honestly, who gets these interns jobs or whatever, mailroom jobs? People from Harvard, high, you know, like top five schools and blah, blah. That's where they hire from. It's like, yeah, you're just continuing to replicate white supremacy over yeah. and over and over and over again. And you're telling everyone, like, you can do it too. Just back in the line, folks. And I'm seeing this everywhere. Everywhere. I had to fire my agents because of that exact sentiment. Yeah. Get in line. No. You, you, uh, just because you had it bad doesn't mean I have to have it bad. I actually, the worse you had it, I want it even better, <laughs> you know, because I saw how bad it was for you. And that's looks like it sucks. It's, you know, like I'm yeah. not here to do the same thing you did. It's so bizarre to me that this impulse among like, especially specifically white men that th- say this to people of color and women about their own lives, right? Like, well, I had to do this and I had to do that. These are all people who never would do this to their children. Their children get all right. this much they better. Spoil opp- they spoil their children and the make ch- horrible people. And, and make, that, make sure that they have access to the opportunities that they, so they don't have to do what they did, right? right? So that's the whole point of this. And when, if you were to think of yourself as a global citizen, as a human, and that you were responsible for the following generations, which is, I mean, going back to the other like, thing that we talked about off- uh, and the Patreon thing was like if global warming and stuff. <laughs> yes, speak on it. <laughs> Go off, sis. <laughs> like your responsibilities regarding global warming and climate change and our earth is because you feel in, beholden to the next generation. It's the same should apply for social justice, for access to opportunity. Like you should not feel like because you live through something that the next generation people should feel that way too. Should feel right. how, you, how shitty you felt. You should want better right. for them. That's. I feel like D, there's two. This is a very generic thing to say, but I've noticed there's two main reactions to trauma, which is turn around and traumatize someone else, yeah. or turn around and try to make it better. And that's that's, so that's inherently yeah. the kind of difference I feel between people I meet. It's like, oh, I had a hard life, so you should have a hard life. Sounds yes. like you're still struggling with your trauma yes like if you really had a hard life and you've dealt with it you would never want someone else to have a hard life yes you know like the reason you want someone else's life to be hard is because you're still sad or you're still angry or you're still bitter or whatever the fuck is happening in your goddamn life that makes you feel bad about yourself and you want other people to suffer you know like if you suffered, if you truly suffered, you would never want someone to suffer again after you're done suffering. I mean, you would live your life in a way that would almost ensure no one ever got hurt. Including, right. and you would be, and for me, certainly that was- This is like serial killer behavior. Yes. Like, oh, my mom made fun of my penis in front of her friends and now I'm going to kill women. Yes. Like, get the fuck over it. So We're she, all over it. So she put you in a dress a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> Things were tight. Yeah. Stop like, being so gender the- normative. <laughs> Get over it. Yes, yeah, Saul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? why are we justifying this fucking serial killer behavior in people, on, in normal people? Like... Stop turning around and using your trauma as an excuse to fucking be an asshole. We're all traumatized. Yes. Everyone, all of us. Like, stop it. You're not fucking special. Yeah. Serial killers who are listening right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah. Serial Hajima. killer. Hajima. Meme. Meme. I mean, I it's, it is something I think to that speaks to like I I think within like POC um like minority sort of trauma that speaks to sort of like being ostracized in a general population and feeling small and and sort of thing i mean i think i've realized it's like the distinction between trauma and abuse like some people i think everyone has trauma not everyone has endured abuse um and that's that's good but like for i was just found among our community like the queer poc kind of community that so much of us synthesize our trauma to ensure that we we do not traumatize others. Mm-hmm. Like if you have done any sort of work or any sort of examination and you're in a place with your own sexuality and your identity in a way, like you work so that you do not traumatize others, whether or not it's your coworkers or specifically your family and children. Like I feel like that's the reason why I know so many parents who like, want to shield their children from any type of trauma that they endured. And that's how it should be. Yeah. You of know, course. it's only like, there's only people that Do you think- want your children to be as bad as you. Oh my God. <laughs> You're bad. I'm bad. You're bad. <laughs> you know how we know you had a kid. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it is something that, I've thought about because I've heard these like old guard white dudes talk about it and they speak on it as if it's some sort of ultimate truth that like what mm-hmm. it is to is like this grizzly. And I certainly have fed into that sort of like lore because there's like you love to feel special. There's a part of it that you feel included. Of course. And even like in corporate Chosen. America. Yeah. And even in corporate America, if you're able to be in the boys club and I know people, I know women like this who like um, buy demonizing other women being like a uh hating on other women got into the mm. boys club and were accepted uh-huh. by them and so in uh-huh. there in that way we were able to ascend by pushing on the you yes. know on the on the voluminous curls of others you know like yes they just beware put, women who don't have women friends I, yes 100 percent. it's always a red flag it is me. i'm like I, oops truly and so, like, and they, they've succeeded in doing so. And, like, they feel accepted. There's, like, there's a certain level of excellence that you feel, like, um, that you've achieved, right? Especially if you're, like, a type A personality. Like, that's because you want to win. I think that in this past, in, in this current generation, in this current place and time, like, we're realizing the flaws of that. And there's, like, mm. I don't know. There's so much relief. Yeah. There's so much relief, like to know that how I, how uncomfortable I felt, and being mm. rejected by certain parts of that kind of culture was correct, because mm. I was yeah. being authentically myself, and there was everything about that was threatened that patriarchy. Yeah, that's yeah. You're doing the right thing. If they're scared. <laughs> yeah, if they're scared, <laughs> we're doing the right thing. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. And we're back, folks. All right. So today, um, man, this is a weird one, but I want to talk about um, how cool Mm. it is that um, South Korea has this long tradition of protesting. 
and demoing and all that. Yes. Um, it's a very democratic thing. And we've been, you know, fighting back corruption since day one. Yes. And um, uh, I found this uh, factoid that I want to share uh, about the tradition of hair shaving. Mm. And it is an act that's rooted, apparently, in traditional Confucian teaching uh, and has historically been seen as, um, you know, a commitment to a cause. That's how committed I am. That I'm oh. willing to shave off all of my beautiful, long, silky, thick, coarse hair. <laughs> <laughs> the coarse felt weird, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just mine, personally. Um, the 60s and 70s, uh, South Korea was under military dictatorship, as mm -hmm. we know. And the dissidents would often shave their heads in a sign of resistance. We saw it happen again uh, during, oh my god. Unji, this was when we started in 2017. Remember um, the Korean women are shaving their heads because um, there was all this... Uh, sexual uh, harassment. Sexual harassment uh, and like toilet cameras yes. and shit like that. Yes, yes, Oh my God. God. Within the lifetime of this fucking podcast, Unji. Jesus. <clears throat> anyway. Wait, do you wonder, is this the reason why people shave their heads when people get cancer? That's interesting. <laughs> What? You know, you know when like people get no, cancer, people get cancer and lose their hair. No, <laughs> no, okay, I know. This is inappropriate. I know. I know that. No, I'm talking but, like, about in solidarity. Yeah, in solidarity. Like it's like yeah. a sh it's a show of like they're they're committed to each other. That's cool. I see. See, all that shit's yeah. confusion. Yes, and it's a way we. Um, it's a visual statement. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and so this is a thing that's been going on for a while. And recently, more than 30 South Korean college students shaved their heads, women, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, in front of the Japanese embassy in Seoul uh, to protest Japan's decision to release this nasty ass. Oh, my God. Fucking toxic ass Fukushima water. If you guys remember, Fukushima is the nuclear plant in Fukushima, Japan. That um, either flooded, I think it, it flooded, there was a storm, and it was leaking everywhere. It was a mess. It was a mess. It's one of the most glorious bits of, like, you know, the story where retired um, Fukushima, like, engineers came out mm -hmm. of retirement in order to go in and shut it down periodically so that the younger engineers who had families wouldn't have to die. Didn't have to. Oh, my God. This is going to be a, a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like truly if you've ever <sighs> there's also a, this American life where they have like people that go to this place and they listen. They go to, to a, mm. uh, an, um, a, a telephone booth and talk to the people. It's like so moving. I mean, so, some of the stuff like the when you have a society that lives for each other, I think the society becomes more worth saving. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Agreed. I mean, Agreed. just you're less than shitty. a bunch of loosely fitting individuals. Yeah, yes. absolutely. There's such yeah. little crime in Japan. Just, I mean, there's very little. I mean, there's a lot wrong with a lot of like East Asian, like you know, cultures undoubtedly. But this idea of living for each other, out of service mm -hmm. to one another, because we live together. And feeling the sense of indebtedness to your fellow man, I think it just makes everything more beautiful like and easier. I mean, one of the best things about Japan is like there's like a show called where like my first errand and like 
kids who are like three or four, they are filmed doing their first errand. Oh, that's cute. It's really cute, but it's because it's safe enough for a three or four year old to go to the store. Right, right, right. And everyone helps them. Wow, that's cool. It's very cool. I mean, also, you don't have to put your laptop away when you're at a cafe. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad that Japanese are taking care of themselves because (laughs) this This, water. this, This is very controversial, yes. This uh, there's a million tons. I don't even know what that means, to be completely honest. Million tons? What is that? What is a million? A tons? million tons of treated water from the Fukushima site, um, and it, it, it's going to be released into the fucking ocean, in starting about two years, <clears throat> in stages, starting yes. in about two years. So there's a lot of protests happening right now, in Korea, obviously because that's their closest neighbor, and yeah. you know all the fucking fish. <laughs> in that area will you know they're gonna grow 13 heads and you know what i mean like it's yes. gonna be fucked up but the reason they're doing it is because it's getting way too expensive for them to store it and yes. they have these like huge barrels of storage and you know i'm sure the toxic waste like eats away at the barrels and they have to replace it or whatever the fuck but whatever like this is a problem. It's, this is a, a national problem that they have, but this is going to become an international fucking issue. Yes. Because they're going to be dumping literal toxic waste. This is like from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is even happening? There is another way through technology and money that this can be done, but of course they're choosing the cheapest option and dumping it into the Pacific Ocean. China, Russia... Uh, South Korea, all protesting this in international uh, arenas. Mm-hmm. Greenpeace is involved. It, it's a, it's an issue, and there's a two-year, like this fucking uh, a, a, a time limit right now mm-hmm. to reverse this situation. Yes, and and if they need to borrow money internationally or something, this has to happen because. This is international waters. Yes. Like this, you can't just dump this shit into the ocean. I mean, meanwhile, fucking Forever 21 is dumping nine trillion tank tops into the ocean. Forever 21 is actually, fast fashion is just like fucking the worst. Disgusting. Yeah. Oh, uh, founded by two Koreans. Two Koreans. Way. Very religious ones. Ugh. Why are they always like this? <laughs> Very I'm so religious. annoyed. Very religious. Of course ones. they are. Yeah. It's like, I think there's anyway, like a Bible so quote this is a fucked up yeah. situation. And I, 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 man, this is, I wanted to live in Korea for five years. And now I'm like, how am I going to? And also, isn't that going to ruin their fish too? They're the, la- sa- oh. the, the company that's about to dump it has said that these particulates per million, whatever, once dumped into the ocean would become not harmful. Like so diluted. Yeah, not harmful to humans or and it's like well is this a peer-reviewed paper and also what do you mean there are no humans in the water yeah (laughs) we're not swimming around the ocean we're not talking about the stuff we eat is yeah we're not talking like i i think yeah you're right i probably could have two little nuggets of radiation and be okay i don't know i don't know the scientific terms but yeah nuggets but i don't know if a fish (laughs) You could have a nugget and be okay. Like, you know. Bluefin tuna you're selling for a million dollars a pound, bitch. Like, you're going to stuff it with fucking uranium or whatever the hell, tritium or whatever is coming out of there. Man, it is rough. I mean, it's all there. And and I think that this period in time which people will have to protest 
hopefully will engender enough interest and controversy so that they will stop. But I mean, I ultimately, so. no one is going to care until the U.S. and China get involved. Yes, China needs to get involved because they're right there. Yeah. So for and the U.S. right now is supporting Japan's decision. Yes, it is. And um, I think that's stupid. <laughs> there you should we should try to do the smallest amount of harm no matter how fucking much it costs god damn it because money this is nothing is money is nothing print dogecoin whatever the fuck <laughs> like what what are we doing it this feels so irresponsible and so short-sighted mm -hmm. and i'm glad that people are protesting we need a bigger protest we need this is going to affect everyone like global warming yeah this is this is part of the, the 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 destruction of our natural resources. Like we're running out of fisheries yeah. and natural land. Like have what you the have fuck you watched that? Uh, have you watched Seaspiracy? No. Oh my Worth god. Worth it. This is the reason is why I've been it? radicalized. Yeah. My because my son is obsessed with this documentary, so I've been watching it a lot. I've been radicalized, one hundred percent. What are okay? What's your takeaway? That we just simply can't eat as much fish, and I love fish. My, my son and That's I literally... That's so crazy. I have yeah. been ordered by my doctor to eat fish. Yes. Three times a week. Yes. Instead of meat. Instead of meat. But that's because you have a... I have high cholesterol. You have high cholesterol and you have a commitment to eating some kind of meat. And the thing oh. is like... Oh, you're saying go vegan? Not go vegan, but something more plant-based. And so... Soy. Something. But I mean, yeah. I'm having trouble doing it. I eat fish about three times a week. I mean, my son and I literally had this conversation. We're like, what are we going to do? We both really love fish. That was our actual conversation. My son was like, I don't know. We can't eat fish, but I love fish. That yeah. was literally what I he mean, said. with this with this fucking Fukushima water, we might not even have the option of fish anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's just Doesn't like... Doesn't a ton of our sushi come from Japan? Yes, and also... The the biggest thing about the seaspiracy stuff is the way that um, the fishing industry has demonized other culprits of ocean pollution in order to have themselves be less accountable. Like the big uh, plastic cabbage patch in the pla in the middle of the Pacific is mostly mm -hmm. fishing nets. It's not as oh, you believe uh, plastic. Twenty one tank tops. Yeah, it's not actually plastic straws choking turtles, but in fact, fishing nets is most of it. It's, wow. I think it's 40%. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> and everything else is like, I mean, and so many of the ocean conservation nonprofits around the world get most of their money from the fishing industry. Oh, my God. What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Everything is so bad. But that's what I mean. Like, I was totally radicalized. I was just like, oh, yeah. because yeah. there is no law on the ocean. Right. Maritime law is so new. It's international law. It's just like there is no law. There's yeah. people that are routinely killed. Like, it's just crazy. But um, when we talk about. No wonder we're fucking trying to race to Mars. Yeah. God get out damn of here. It. But, but, you know, when you were talking about the demoing and stuff like that, I was recently reading this Twitter thread about the history of demo inside of South Korea and how after. The last military dictatorship was ousted. They just got rid of like a lot of the conservative party. Like Korea just got rid of them. Like mm. we, 
they you lost, so you're done. Mm-hmm. And this thread was basically saying that it is a misnomer inside of liberal democracy that all viewpoints should be held. When you are a liberal democracy, the one viewpoint you cannot have is fascism. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like you lost. Exactly. That That's is what the we're w- trying to get rid yes, of right now. That's exactly correct. That's what they were saying is that like South Korea has shown us how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like because it's true when every time can I just tell you every time I've been to Korea, I've seen a demo. Like I like it's mm-hmm. really wild. Like every time I've been there, I've seen some mass demi- demonstration of people acting in protest to something. One time it was uh, because of the beef stuff because Mad Cow had mm-hmm. just come out. Um, it was another time it was about comfort women. Another time it was because of the treatment of um, it was w- WTO stuff. So like far- mm-hmm. Korean farmers had come out. So I've seen a demo every, almost every single time I've been in Korea. I have not been that many times. So think about that. Mm-hmm. At whatever yeah. moment I've been there, they've had a demo. And it's because it's a healthy part of a democracy. People, you, Beautiful. It's, yeah, exactly. Like, now, you do you think complain. shaving our heads here would make the same or a similar? That's, I already know the answer to the question. What would I don't be know. With my hair right now, maybe thing? yes. No, they'd be like, get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> But what would be the thing here? Like, you know, next to self-immolation, which, you know, let's, we don't need to go there. Yeah. Like, what is the, like, sign or act mm -hmm. that is going to have as much of a impact on a Confucian state or, you know, a residual Confucian state as Korea as shaving your head? No tap apology. (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're doing the right thing (laughs) no i mean you're asking like in america what would be something equivalent to the shaving of the hat in korea yeah like some sort of what do we find what is in a hyper individualistic capitalistic state Mm -hmm. of greed and dehumanization yes what can we do in protest that would be a signal of commitment to a, a cause Turn your Instagram account over to like a Stan account for for Fukushima water for the, for the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like pivot. Yeah, there you go. There like you go. rebrand yourself. Give as, up your social brand. Yes, give up your social oh, brand. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's literally I like it. That. I mean, that's the only thing that resonates and people value and see. Like, it's yeah. not that. There's not that it's not without like that thought isn't without merit. Like, yeah, you do sort of have to if you have like a platform, if you're on social media, like it's you should amplify that sort of thing. Right. I don't know if that's like. I don't know if like for me, I I don't have that many followers and everyone that I follow. It's not like I'm, you know, there might be a couple of moms in St. Louis. I might really affect. Right, right. <laughs> and, and that's the reason why I do what I do at all. But I don't, I'm pretty sure everyone else of my, you know, four to five hundred regular followers. You know, mm-hmm. I have like seventeen hundred followers, but maybe of that three to four hundred probably actually, you know, interact. Interact. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. but if you have ten thousand, yes, you have an obligation. Yeah. And, you know, everything helps. Every every time you see something, every time someone notices something, there's a certain amount of um, I- I critical mass that's needed before something breaks through into the zeitgeist. You know, like, 
every little thing helps. Now, if that's the thing, that's the only thing you do and you go, I did it. You know, imagine these Korean women are like, I shaved my head. I did it. Yeah. And then, you know, they don't ever do anything else. Like, yeah, that's yeah. So it's interesting. It's an interesting question to think about as a Korean American. Like, how do we be as bold as shaving our heads for a cause? Um that we truly believe in like black lives matter and you know this thank god for this chauvin trial three guilty god. verdicts so relieved what a fucking relief but you know in the you know what I, i'm not even going to justify that because uh, yes there are other injustices happening daily as yes. we speak yes. um but it, it, it's incumbent upon us to take pride and joy in a slice of justice being served. Yeah, where, know, where we saw social justice, where we watched social justice and protest enact change in, inside of the legal system. Because yes. if you think that none of those jurors were influenced by what they saw this past summer right, and made a decision yeah. once they got into that courtroom, right, that's insane. Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah. and that's, that's yeah that this is the country saying okay we're not insane yeah that was a courtroom that was that was a courtroom of peers mm -hmm. who lived through the world as we all have in this past year who handed down yes. a verdict that reflected mm -hmm. the society that we now live in yes yes that is what happened that is yes. what the, and that is a huge, huge stake in the ground yes for us moving forward yes and yeah. that is to me a testament to how this movement is going to work it's going to be case by case every time this fucking inch happens. By inch by inch. Yeah. Protest. Tile by, by tile, we will take this house down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was real. I was beautiful. I mean, it was, it I was, was so relieved. Yeah. I was relieved. Too. I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't anything. I was just. There's nothing to be happy about. Yeah. This I was is just relieved. A disgusting thing we have to do. Yes. But yes, I am relieved. Absolutely. Oh God. And the fight begins here. It's not. This is not where it ends. No. This is actually the benchmark we, you know, we launch off of. So, uh, I'm I'm excited. You know, I I'm taking cues from these Korean students shaving their heads over something that's, you know, rapidly approaching this corruption that's you know that they're facing. And, yeah. you know, things things can happen, you know, if enough of the people get together and fight for something, things could fucking happen like like we see in the Chauvin case. So, um, yeah, justice for George Floyd. Yeah. You know, and his life could never be replaced. None of these lives can. But as a society, we can move forward, at least with saying uh, we did the right thing. So I'm happy about that. That's a win for this week. I, yeah, I mean, truly, you know, it's so funny that we were just talking about this stuff about, like, people who had up until now have been always been like, you know, this is the world that we live in. Like, what do you expect? Mm -hmm. And having now in the last f five years, we as a progressive, as progressive has started to ask, well, why do we live in this kind of world? And mm -hmm. we've seen when you ask that question and insist upon the world and the system changing that it can, that people yeah. hear and can be convinced. Um, yeah, it can change, and it, but only if you ask that question. Yes. Yeah. If you keep saying, well, that's just how it is, you're keeping change back. You're holding it back from happening. So 
let's keep asking. Let's keep asking why the fuck is this this way? Because mm-hmm. chances are it's corrupt. <laughs> chances are it's, <laughs> chances are it's, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's to keep <laughs> your ass out. <laughs> and those people who ain't asking the question, see where their summer house is. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back with Kick-Ass Green. It's time for Kick-Ass Koreans. Key! Yeah! <clears throat> All right. Okay. My Kick-Ass Korean today, I read this great article in the New York Times. Bitch, I read the same article, and I was going to use this guy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> We're always looking for the same guy. Um, we this can do the great. same No, no, no. no. I, have, I have another one. I don't need yours. You have a different one? I don't need okay, your Kick-Ass shit. Korean. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> my Kick-Ass Korean is uh, uh, a guy named Evan Scott. Yes. He's believed to be the first Korean-American referee in the NBA. Yes. Wow, that's cool. This New York Times article by Seth Berkman mm-hmm. um, details uh, this small network of Korean-Americans working in the NBA Yes. Um, that often feel that they don't belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, racism within the league obviously is rampant, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of players and non-players and people reaffirming white supremacy because that's all they know and they suffered it and they turn around and roll it downhill, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but um, the good news is is that there is a small contingency of Korean yes. Americans in um, the NBA that are looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy named John Yim yes. who is a um, – Player development coach. Yes, at the there are all Portland. these different coaches. I did not realize. <laughs> um, I thought that was just coach, no, but there's this... like assistants. There's yes. like different yes parts of the game. Um, there's a dude named Yale Kim. Yeah. First of all, let us just, just say, say the most fucking Asian shit I've yes. ever heard. Yale bitch, come on. <laughs> and that's that. his and that's his sister, Princeton Yim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Duke Kim, my cousin. Um, UCLA. <laughs> so funny. Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. Rensselaer Lee. Um, why did I put Rensselaer there? It's not Rensselaer in Institute of Technology. <laughs> yeah, RIT. Um, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Rensselaer is actually a really It's cool a really name. good school, but it's always... You know why it's gotten so much shit? It's because it's what? always... It's always the place you get a scholarship to for whatever thing that, like, I think that RIT was, was like, yeah, I know several people that were awarded full scholarships to RIT. None of them went to RIT. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, I'll pay for Cornell. <laughs> but it's, I think that's the reason why, because they do actually hand out a lot of, and they sponsor a lot of, like, scholarships. School. Yeah, for, like, science-driven, like, yeah, like, science yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, um, there are these Yale Kim. He began in basketball operations with the Phoenix Suns. Um, there's uh, another guy. Where is he? Oh, um, there's a Korean guard, Taesung Lee, in New York. Yeah. Um, so there, Milton Lee, he's a Nets director of basketball operations. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. But there are these people who are there. Uh, I picked out, um, you know, this person, Evan Scott, because he's 
uh, he's refing. That's a pretty powerful position to be like making calls and stuff like that. And the only but, one, uh, the only, only one with the job that you recognize and uh, yeah, I was like, with. I don't know what any of this stuff is. Um, but I just want to c- uh, call out all the Koreans in the NBA. You know, they're there was this great story about how like one of them reached out to another and said, Hey, yes. if you need anything, like, let me know. I'm here for you. Apparently the black, pl- black athletes created this in major league baseball because mm-hmm. they're a minority in that league. Yes. Um, you know, and it, 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 this happens everywhere and I'm glad that it's starting to happen and it's it, it, that we're looking out for each other. We're <laughs> out here doing the damn thing, feeling fucking lost. And, and I'm glad that you and I aren't, aren't the only ones fucking screaming about this obviously we're not but like yeah it's cool to see this in the times mm-hmm. you know coming out in, in full you know black and white in print saying this is happening uh so very cool i mean it's this is the how we change perceptions and stereotypes you know like yeah. this idea that like asian people can't be aggressive or athletic it's just like it's these sorts of people in these roles mm-hmm. that chip away at those ideas like right. you know when every time anyone conf- confounds expectations which is mm-hmm. i think both something both you and i have struggled with is like fulfilling and confounding expectations because every time you right. do it you just chip away at someone's perception of something and right. you don't need to, you shouldn't feel in t- need to do that but if you, you know bitch if you love basketball go love basketball like live your dream like whatever you know <laughs> Like, that's all it is like and, and that's yeah. awesome i reading this i was just like you know i told you like the first time i ever saw an asian cop i, right. I was like almost i was 30 <laughs> <laughs> like, that's too late it's still i didn't know that like yeah. inside of the fisher price things of jobs you could do yeah that the cop was cop one. was one <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a hard thing to realize when you're 30. Your life is you you think you got your shit settled and your world's been flipped upside down. You know, my favorite there's a, a friend of mine from high school uh Azam like he is an, a devout Muslim um and is married to a Muslim woman. She's a cop. Oh, cool. Yeah. Muslim woman cop. Yes. Nice. It's just like, oh shit! I remember telling him, it's like that's crazy. But see, now if I see somebody, I'm not as surprised. I'm like, yeah, I fucking, I know what, I know Muslim caps. Like, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> I can't be surprised by that shit anymore. Yeah, um, too bad for the second one because yeah. you're not special. <laughs> okay, so my kick-ass Korean is gonna be Carolyn Kim. She has a a soju brand called Yobo Soju, and oh. Oh, yeah. wait, I know, I've heard of this. Yes. Yobo soju? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this. Yes. So it's a woman who uh, started the company. She's also a, still a lawyer. Cool. Um, she's a mother. Okay. Um, starting to be annoying now. Um, but she, Put one down. Okay. Don't, don't, don't lean in. Lean back. And then... Um, <laughs> But she, they basically donated all of their sales to a nonprofit helping small businesses. Um, because both her and the new CEO both come from like families, small business, Korean, small businesses. And they were like, yeah, inside a pandemic, they're like, oh, fuck. They both have all these other things. And they did it. I mean, they, the, something we've both discussed that inside a pandemic, we've realized priorities and this idea, this ab this mindless pursuit for wealth and power mm. really gave us nothing inside a pandemic. 
Yeah. Like yeah. people who's like <laughs> in a lot of stress, a lot of stress. People whose entire identity was wrapped up in that. I'm pretty sure have like lost that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they've they've acquired certainly more wealth and more power, but they have completely lost their sense of self. Like because they understand that it's they're holding um, air. They're holding, you know what I mean? They're holding like um, mm-hmm. they're, they're grabbing onto sand going through their fingers or. I I know I can't think of anything right now. So, um, (laughs) yeah, the grass straws. They're grasping at straws. That's the words. Oh, (laughs) see, that was you grasping at straws. That was you as sand slipping through your own fingers. This is cool. You can see uh, Yobo Soju. You can see. You can find Yobo Soju at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Yes. Whoa, that's cool. Two places I love to go to. <laughs> Not Whole Foods. But, she, but this is the, a quote that I loved of her. She said, my day job as an attorney has always been centered around trying to help people. And mm. anything I do, whether it's a business project or otherwise, it has to resonate with me. She's bringing purpose to everything that she does. And that's, I think, so many of people that I know, my friends that are, like, struggling with their, like, fucking really awesome, amazing jobs that don't give, have any purpose mm. are finding they're, like, I can't, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with, like, someone that makes a half a million dollars a year being, like, I don't know. I think I'm really unhappy. I'm just, like, <laughs> and she's, like, maybe Bitch, I should. Bitch, you ain't never going to be happy. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, maybe you just don't want to be a doctor. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Like, Probably not. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know that um uh, uh Ronnie Chang joke about like how he like you should never trust Asian doctors mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they're only there because they were fucking pressured to be there. <laughs> you know what I mean, you don't want no doctor that doesn't actually want to save lives. Yes. Like I'm only here because my mom fucking pressured yes. me. You don't want that. <laughs> I mean, it's. Tr- I mean, like, it's like the conversation is like, well, maybe I should go to a different place. It's just like I you're still gonna have to be a doctor, though. Like, like that shit's not gonna change. But like, I think if you bring purpose, that's the thing. If there's a sense of purpose and mindfulness to what you do, which is I what Yobo Soju and Carolyn Kim are talking about, right? They're still doing all the shit that is expected of us, but they're putting this yeah. like conscious mindful thing behind it which is you can say it's american but i would argue is ultimately actually confucian it's actually more korean to behave in this way you know Mm. the other sort of like abject uh accumulation and chasing of wealth and power is the american thing that was put onto us it's the western poison poison yeah yeah we're decolonizing it by bringing purpose you're right i like that that's that's very cool i like that so that's she- decolonize your own capitalism <laughs> within you by bringing purpose, <laughs> bring purposeness and mindfulness to the shit that you do. Like yeah. it, that's really it. It's like that's it's so wild. Like how many, you know, all these mindfulness apps and shit, you know, I'm trying to like fix my brain with. And it's all mm. this stuff. Where it's like you should really care about what you do. It's like, yeah, no shit. I care too much. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that, okay, to bring it all the way the fuck back, mm-hmm. I think that's wh- exactly what I'm trying to exercise with comedy. Mm. Like, I want to care about it. Like, I don't want to just do it mindlessly. 
which is the stress of the grind. Yes. You know, it's this mindless, like, put in the grit, put in the work, put in the grit, put in the work. Someday, someday I will rise to a point where no one can, I will be, uh, you know, like, someone, uh, someone lay down a track. Someone's laid a, lay a track on that. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, mm. put in the work. Mm. Put in mm. the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least with comedy, like with writing, it is work, mm-hmm. and I have the purpose. There is a purpose to do the work, you know. Um, but with comedy, I felt like the purpose was to st- have a career. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's exactly the same trap I was in when I was in tech is to like, I'm just doing this to have this career. What does that even mean? You know? Oh, God, that resonates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so many times, and and we talked about how like, I don't like people coming up to me and talking to me after my shows. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about that a lot and thinking about like, what does that mean? Like, Mm -hmm. why don't I want to connect with these people? Oh, I don't, I'm not really... There's, I'm not doing this. I have a sense of uh, I'm pissed about being there, <laughs> you know, and that's no place to be. Why would I want to be pissed? <laughs> I'm like upset. I'm like regret, not regretting, but like I'm, uh, you know, I'm burdened. Mm-hmm. And that's why. And you coming up to me after my show is an additional burden. It ought to be a fun time. It ought to be a time where it should be joy. I should be having fun and Mm -hmm. being joyful there. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I'm like, it all comes back to this. Why I'm looking at things and being like, is it Marie Kondoing the shit out of my life? (laughs) You really are. I am. Yeah. I really am. Like, I just, I feel like you're always, I would say six months to a year ahead of me in terms of like, actualization i don't know you know what i mean like maybe you'll actualize it out you'll just can do you'll be a lifetime ahead of me i don't know but like i do see it it's just like it just i think some of it is because you all one have the bandwidth and also like you are more aggressively that's a exactly what it is if i had a toddler mm-hmm. or whatever a no child, but you're also more aggressively a seeker like especially, I would say that I, yeah, I yeah. have the I have the wherewithal to do it. I mm-hmm. don't have another human being I have to keep alive. Yeah, but I think right. that also I'm also um, like less. I think you have you're driven by something much more deep inside of you. Like I am also like I love the after. I like just like that to me. Some something about just that time, that process, and like doing a show. It's like. You know, there's something that's very uncomfortable. I, I've told you this, like, where I thought this person was, like, stalking me. And she, like, kept coming to all my shows and stuff. Yeah. And my friend, Kelly Howard, she's a comic in Chicago. You know her? Uh, mm-hmm. She was like, bitch, that's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, right. <laughs> it's not a, I don't think, I, it, this is a unhealthy connection yeah. that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. It's like it was so foreign to me um, <laughs> to have someone just like me. That's crazy. 
something where I don't have to convince them. I don't even like myself. Yeah, like I don't have to constantly, <laughs> constantly convince you. Like that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why we like comedy because we're constant. Like every laugh is a reset of. Are you gonna like me now? Yeah. You're gonna like me now? Yeah. Do you like me now? Yeah. Do you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> what about now? <laughs> and every time they say no, it's like. That's correct. You shouldn't like me. Yeah. Why would you like me? <laughs> Sick. Sick. Sick and psycho. Sick and psycho. Uh. All right, guys. <laughs> Let us all attend to our sicknesses, and uh, we'll we'll regroup next week. Bye. Week. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs>